It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 707, 30.7 degrees outside. This is the Lawn and Garden Show, and I am Walter Reeves, and you are listening to the Lawn and Garden Show as it comes on every Saturday morning from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., where we answer questions about anything that a gardener wants to ask. Anything, if you're a beginner, great. If you're an experienced gardener, great. We have answers for you. All you have to do is call 404-872-0750, just like A.J. did. A.J. did it. You can do it, too. And A.J. joins us on the Lawn and Garden Show. A.J., good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, A.J. How can I help? Question. I have centipedes, and and I have a whole bunch of weeds that's come up in it. And I had called one of the local companies to come spray the yard. They said if you spray centipedes, to kill the weeds, potentially you could kill your grass. Potentially yeah. you can. And there are lots of lawn and garden companies, lawn maintenance companies, who don't even take on centipede clients because there's always a possibility. And so you have to be very conscientious about how you mix the sprays, how you apply them, and never, ever apply too much on centipede. But if you do it right, there are weed control sprays that can be used on centipede. So it's just a matter of being careful with it. Suggestions on what type to use. Let's see. And is, it, and is it too late to put out pre-emergent? It is too early to put out pre-emergent. Because if you put a pre-emergent out, you're trying to get it out just before the summer weeds like um, crabgrass and others uh, germinate, and they're not even thinking about germinating yet. It's going to be around the first week of March, AJ, is when you put the pre-emergent out. and They'll control all your summer weeds if you do it right. But for the winter weeds um, that are up right now, I think you should read the label, and again, read the label. Don't take my word for it, but the read the label on Image, I-M-A-G-E, and I believe this is an Image product specifically for southern weeds. And if I'm not mistaken, there is a label on the Bayer product. I think the, it's either the Bayer or the Ortho We Be Gone Max. It has the label that says can be used on centipede at certain times and when it's not transitioning from dormant to active growth, et cetera, et cetera. But I would look at image first. I would look at the image. There's two or three image products, and one of them I think can be used very easily on um, on winter weeds on centipede. And then just check the label on the Bayer uh, season-long weed control and the Ortho Max. I don't think the Bonide Weed Beater does have a centipede label on it. But gosh, keeping all these straight in my head, AJ is hard, and I rely on you to read the label. So do that. Thank you so very much. All right, my friend. Be, be sure to put out day. the pre-emergent. If you use the pre-emergent and water it in after you've applied it, but do that in first week or so in March, and you will have few, if any, summer weeds at all, unless you have some really tough ones like um, what's that? mimosa weed, I think is what we call it. Mimosa weed, usually a second application sometime in first of May would be a good idea for that. But most of the summer weeds are controlled with one application around the first of March. Got it. Thank you so very much for taking my call. Thanks, AJ. We'll see you soon. We got Denise in Villa Rica, Georgia. Denise, hey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hey, Denise. And I have this problem, which is kind of a mixed problem. I've got two large oak trees, which produces lots of acorns. Sure. So I have lots of chipmunks. 
Okay. And I'm not going to try to kill them because I figure it's kind of a stupid idea with all those <laughs> all right. uh, acorns. But anyway, I would like to put out a little vegetable garden. Hmm. I tried it one year, and it was like watching a Disney cartoon. They yeah. pulled them all from underneath. Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> I was wondering if I put in a raised bed, if that would help prevent that happening. They climb just as easily as, as anything, Denise. So, or, I mean, uh, Janet. No, I'm Denise. Denise excuse, you are Denise. Excuse me. Denise is in the record. Janet, we'll get to in just a minute. All right, Denise, they climb, and so a raised bed is not going to deter a chipmunk at all, I don't think. So it sounds like the farmer's garden for me. Possibly. I will. I shouldn't tell you this, but I will tell you this, because I know you're kind-hearted, don't want any harm to come to your chipmunks that are eating all your vegetables. But I myself am about up to here with chipmunks eating my tomatoes, and I have a raised bed. So last year, right at the end of the season, I made a chicken wire fence, one-inch mesh chicken wire around the whole garden, about five feet tall so they can climb, so the tomatoes can climb inside. And then I put a roof over the top of chicken wire as well. Mm-hmm. If the chipmunks come inside, they're going to find a rat trap baited with peanut butter. But if they stay outside, like Mr. Reeves says, don't be climbing in my garden. If they stay outside, then they can eat everything that I leave outdoors for them, including, you know, Sun, sunflower seeds under the bird feeder and things like that to eat. But if they come inside my cage, watch out for that little trap with the peanut butter on it because you're going to get them. <laughs> uh, so, but Denise, one little you know raised bed is not going to deter a chipmunk at all, particularly if you have tomatoes that are very attractive to them. Hmm. Okay, well, I sure appreciate the information. I wish I had a better answer, but I do not. Chipmunks are simply with us, and if you don't do... Their control, I guess, was lethal means. Then we just don't have a good way of making the chipmunks go where we want them to go. Janet is in Lilburn, Georgia. Now she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Janet. Hey, Walter. Hey, what can I do to help? Well, we moved into this house in June, and the people who lived here before were getting older and kind of neglected the landscape. Yeah. So there's many things. I mean, I've got to do roses that I see, but and and just all different plants and flowers around here, but the gladiolas are packed in like a commuter on a martyr wow. train at 5 o'clock. Nice. And I don't know if they even bloomed. I don't know if they bloomed at all last year, and I'm yeah. wondering if it's because it's, they're so tight in there. You should dig them up and divide them. Gladiolas, the little corms that gladiolus comes from, multiply amazingly fast. And so when you plant one gladiolus bulb, the next uh, spring, early spring, when you dig them up again, you'll see about five little cormlets around the base of it. And those little cormlets, if they all try to sprout, will be competing with each other. And you won't get near the pretty blooms that you might if you divide those cormlets and try to plant them about eh, four or five inches apart from each other in another part of the bed. So now is a great time to dig up every gladiolus where it used to be in that bed and find about half a million of the little tiny cormlets that are about a quarter inch to half inch diameter plant those in an area where they can grow and they'll expand. Some of them bloom this year, some bloom next year. But uh, I would certainly do the deed now. Dig them up, divide the cormorants off, and then plant them four inches apart in some other part of the yard. Am I going to need a chainsaw to do this. I mean, that's no, right there. They're easy. Glass are easy okay. to dig up. The spading fork, even a shovel, I guess, but I use spading forks for bulbs because I hate slicing them apart with a shovel. 
But if okay. you dig it up, and then sometimes I just take a big clump of dirt over to a tabletop because I have to sort of sift through it to find those little little bulb, cormlet things in there. So, uh, you know, do what you want to do, but dig it up. Should, digging it up should not be hard to do. All right, thank you. We'll be seeing you at the uh, Home and Garden Show this weekend. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I'll see you then, Janet. Thanks for calling. Right. Thanks for reminding right. me. The Home and Garden Show, as a matter of fact, this morning we'll have Michael Schopenhorst from the Home and Garden Show. This is the North Atlanta, let's say the whole name, the North Atlanta Home Show and Outdoor Living Expo is going to be this coming Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Infinite Energy Center, if I'm not mistaken. We'll ask Michael about that a little bit later, but he'll be with us at 8 o'clock this morning to talk about that. Also, the flower show is coming up. The big Atlanta flower show is going to have a little rejuvenation, a little relaunch this year. I have two people from the Atlanta Flower Show to come in at 8 o'clock and tell us a little bit more about that as well. It's 716. Gives Mark his turn. Mark's out in Douglasville and joins us. Hey, Mark, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can I help? Um, dahlias. Yeah. Is it too late to plant, uh, to plant dahlia bulbs? I would wait. Um, they're okay. probably on sale. I think I've seen some on sale at the big box stores right now. And nothing wrong with buying them now and keeping them in a cool, dark place. But they don't particularly like being planted in chilly soil, which is all we have. So I think they're better planted when it warms up a little bit closer to the 1st of April. Okay, 1st April. Well, good. I thought we'd waited too late. I know that um, I know we planted some in the backyard last year that had about 50% sunlight. And the front yard had 100%. Yeah. The ones in the front yard did great. And um, so we, um, I'm going to try to get some out here. But I thought with my wife, is she's pretty convinced that we've waited too late to plant them. No, not dahlias. They're sort of a tropical tender bulb, the kind of thing that you can't leave in the ground reliably over the wintertime and expect to come back every year. It gets frozen sometimes. And like I say, you will see them on sale earlier than you really should be planting them. But there's nothing wrong with buying them now if they have a pretty color or something you really want to have in the garden and buying it now and putting it in a dark, cool place so they don't sprout and then bring them out when it's warmer. All right, perfect. Well, I appreciate the help. Listen, have a great day. Thanks. You too, Mark. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. The number is 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, the high around 49 degrees, low of 37. Sunny today, but tomorrow, clouding up in the morning. Maybe some rain tomorrow morning as well. 50 degrees is a high tomorrow, low of 32 degrees. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Clayton is up in Gainesville, Georgia. Hey, Clayton, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What can I do for you? time of year you're going to start getting blueberry questions and I'm one of the first. You are one of the first. You're absolutely one of the first. Uh, I have pruned them already, but I, my pH is at the high end of the scale and I'd like to lower it some. And uh, I, you know, I wonder if you have a recommendation on what kind of fertilizer that I should get to bring the pH up. <sighs> or lower the acidity. Science, scientists tell me that the fertilizers really, really don't do much to lower pH, that the only thing that lowers pH effectively 
is uh, sulfur, usually powdered yellow uh, sulfur that you can sprinkle on the ground. And even then, it's sort of a little bit of a touchy thing because a little bit of sulfur goes a long, long way to reduce the pH of the, uh, the soil. And, but you know, and obviously you do, Clayton, that blueberries like living in a low pH soil. They, that's where they grew up in the woodlands of the North American continent years and millennia ago. And so they prefer a more acid soil than they do a high pH soil like you have. So fertilizer is not going to do the job for you. Sulfur will. Here's what I would do. You've got plenty of time to have a soil test done by the University of Georgia Extension Service. I would have a soil test done, taking some samples of soil from underneath your blueberries, mixing it up good, taking a pint or mailing, whatever you want to do, a, uh, a sample of that soil to the Extension Service for you in Hall County and say, tell me the pH, what it is now, and what I can do to lower it down to where the blueberries will be a lot happier. And they can then tell you you need two teaspoons, two tablespoons, two half cups, or whatever it will take to lower the pH correctly in your area. Because I'm a little cautious about telling you off over the radio to do something when I'm not really sure what your soil is like. So do that for me, and you'll lo lower the pH properly. As far as fertilizer goes, though, that's the real question, Clayton. Azalea camellia food would work fine. Uh, Cottonseed meal works fine. Um, uh, Holly tone fertilizer works fine. All of these slow-release organic fertilizers, again, are what the blueberries are sort of used to having in the, in the woodlands where it grew up. And so any of those fertilizers would be fine putting out right now. Well, that's some great help. I think you covered that pretty good for me. All right. But I told you to go to the Extension Service, get that soil test, and that is the best information I gave you this morning, Clay. Yeah, I'll be there. All right. Thank you. For my listeners out there, if you want to know how to do a soil test, why to do a soil test, when, and all the details you need to know, as well as a way of um, handling it all by mail, go to my website I put together called georgiasoiltest.com. Get all the details on how to do a soil test and why, why you would want to do one. Also, most of the Pike nurseries around have little kits that you can send to the Extension Service as well. I don't rely at all on the soil test kits you see at some of the big box garden centers where they had $5 will get you a test for the pH and $5 for pH for a phosphorus test or $5 for a potassium test or something like that. They're simply not accurate. If you send the soil to the University of Georgia, your tax money paid for a multi-million dollar laboratory and only costs about 8 or $9 to have your soil tested by them. You get a whale of a lot better information and a re recommendation from the local extension service as well. It's 728. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.35 on a Saturday morning, 31.7 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. And I am Walter Reeves, and I am here to help you be more successful in your gardening endeavors. Whether it's green or brown, I can probably help you to change color, with whatever it is. On the phone, all you have to do is dial 404-872-0750. Easy to do, beginners and experts alike. Welcome to the show. Marilyn in Lilburn joins us. Hey, Marilyn, good morning. Morning. Hi, how can I help? I'd like to know if I should or when I should have cut back my mondo grass and my monkey grass. If it looks tattered and ugly, yes. If it looks reasonably green and not too many brown ends on it, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's got brown ends on both of them. 
Wait, so well, I guess you could do it now. Anytime between now, the 1st of February, and the first time that growth starts happening, which really won't happen a lot until the middle of March. So anytime between now and the 1st of March, I think it's time to mow them down if you want to. All right, I appreciate that. Got Thank you. Time. All right, you're welcome. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Marilyn referring to monograss and monkey grass. Both of them are not grasses. They're called grasses, but they're really members, I think, of the lily family. And they're wonderful ground covers when you have a shady place that regular lawn grass won't grow in. In my case, I have a backyard that's now being shaded almost completely with crepe myrtles. And so five-some years ago, I guess, I hired some kids in the neighborhood to come out and plant mondo grass sprigs back there. And because mondo grass is so shade-tolerant, in most of that once-shaded lawn, it is covered in green, green, green mondo grass. The problem if there is one is if it gets really really cold in the wintertime it gets pretty tattered around the, the tips of the, of the blades and so one time running it over one time in the maybe the late spring would be a good time to do that for me mine doesn't look so bad right now i probably won't mow it this year unless it gets really cold later but right now the mondo grass in the back looks great i've got a lawn it's green it's in the shade that's what i use my mondo grass for randy is in coming georgia and joins us randy hey good morning good morning walter how can I help, Brother Randy? Well, I missed you last week, and she made sure this morning that I call Walter. I just want to um, make sure you know that I miss you terribly, but I was having a great time on my vacation, Randy. Oh, good for you. Yeah, uh, how listen, can I help? Um, I have a question that she will not allow me to move yeah. our Japanese maple. All right. Uh, because she had overheard someone say that the best way to, to retransplant any tree is to mark where the sun comes up and hits it Yeah, by putting a flag or, or something on the, the tree itself so that you yeah. plant, replant it back the way it was receiving the sun. Yeah, oriented is, correctly. I see it. Go ahead. Is that the way you're supposed to retransplant? <laughs> um, if that were true, then all these nursery trees you buy from the nursery, from the garden center would have a mark on them saying this was planted to the south, this limb was planted toward the north, and this was planted toward the west, but they don't. So I would say those trees succeed without being oriented correctly by the compass, and your tree is very likely to succeed without being oriented either way, one way or not. The way to orient is the way it looks prettier from the view of anybody who's passing by, from the kitchen window, from the path down the backyard, you orient it so it looks nicely from that direction, and then don't worry too much about north, south, east, and west. Okay, I told her I was right, and she was No, wrong. Randy, now you I watch have, out. Watch out, I, Well, you, you got to believe when I get home, I'm going to get punched in the shoulder you anyhow. Are, so you are running anyway, when thin would line. be the proper time to make this transplant? That would be great. Anytime it's dormant when the leaves are off of it, it would be a fabulous time, Randy. All right, great. Thank you so much, Walter. All right, don't rub it in, Randy. Do not say anything that I said that will make you get in trouble. Because that makes me in trouble. I don't want you to do that, all right? <laughs> okay, all right. Take me, man. Thank you, Walter. We'll see you soon. Susan's in Lithia Springs and joins us on Lonely Garden. Hey, Susan, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How can I help? I am trying my best to get rid of something that uh, Pike's Nursery told me was called Lamb's Quarters. Yeah, all right. And it made it through the snows, and it's growing just as pretty as you please out here by my bird bath. It's not lamb's quarter then. Okay. <laughs> if, if it were lamb's quarter, it would be dead because lamb's quarter comes back from seeds every year, and the main stalk of it dies to the ground. 
So okay. you have something else. So let's figure out what you have. Um, tell me more about this weed, this plant, this thing you want to get rid of. Um, it's a little thin stalk that has serrated like leaves on it. You know, the edges are serrated or yeah. however you want to say that. Sawtooth, yeah. And it um, can grow up to about two feet tall. Hmm. And it's still a very thin stalk, and it just multiplies. I mean, I have yeah. got a patch of it that covers a 10 by 10 area. But again, I heard you I say it's said, green It's green right now, right? It is. Ooh, do, 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 do. Nothing comes immediately to mind, flowers. but I'm thinking, Susan, if you really want it to identify, there's an easy way to do it is to take some pictures on your cell phone and go to my website and upload the pictures to my name that plant part of WalterReeves.com and we'll have at it. We'll see what it is. As long as you send okay. us pictures, we can probably figure out what it is. Thank you. You do my that. Husband, I have one other quick question. Yeah, real quick. Does a juga make it through the winter or does it die? Oh, it should make it through the winter fine unless it gets really cold. It's got to be covered in ice to die in the wintertime. Okay, well, that's what happened then. I've lost it, I guess. Oh, maybe not. A dew is pretty tough, and you may have a lot of leaves that are brown and wilted and laying right down on the ground right now. But I've seen a dew looking pretty awful in February and come back looking great in April and May. So you may not have lost it at all. Give it some time. Give it some warm weather to perk up and see what happens. I hope so. It was looking really pretty. But thank you very much. Y'all have a wonderful day. You are very welcome. Thanks for calling. By the way, one of the things that I was really intrigued by and actually impressed by, too, was when I was gone on vacation this past week, I didn't have a chance. I was not near Wi-Fi systems that I could upload and do some posting on my website of the Name That Plant submissions for the previous week. And one of the people that works with me on the Name That Plant section is named Laura. She lives out in Texas, of all places, not in Georgia. She just loves plants. She is not a botanist or somebody who is horticulturally trained, but she's a good gardener, recognizes plants, and is an absolute genius when it comes to identifying plants from all over the world. And so Laura, this past week, having noted that there weren't any new plants for her to identify, sent me an email privately and said, Walter, is your computer down or is my computer down because I'm not seeing any more plants to identify? And I reassured Laura that, no, we're, we're doing fine. I just hadn't been able to post those pictures I did last night. But if you want to get your plants identified, go to WalterReeves.com, click the button on the Name That Plant section, and then upload two or three pictures and give me some details of what the plant looks like in different times of the year. And Laura or I or somebody else who likes to identify plants will respond to you and find out what it is. Jan in Millersville. Jan, you are on WSB. Good morning. Good morning. Um, here are, um, here's my situation. Okay. Last summer, my husband and I planted a Carolina jasmine and a Confederate jasmine at the front um, entrance to our home where we have like a, a brick wall. And they've, they've done well, and they've, they're doing the things we want them to do where they're yeah. climbing over the wall. But are we supposed to cut them back at this time of year, or do we leave them alone because we like how they look? I don't know about those two. They're new to us. I have great news for you. You don't do a darn thing to them, Jan. Good. Okay. But because you're my friend, I'll give you a use of information to make you sound even smarter than you already are. And that is to add an S to the Carolina J plant. It's Carolina Jessamine and Confederate Jasmine. And that's, you know, neither here nor there for a lot of gardeners. But the Jessamine is not a Jasmine. And so it's not, well, you don't pronounce it jasmine. You 
spell it, J-E-S-S-A-M-I-N. Some people call it jessamine, but jessamine is what I say. And so there are two different plants, but they don't, either one need to be cut back at this time of the year. That's what you really want to know. You don't have to cut them back at all. They'll just come back and, and continue to grow because they've done very well, and we, they're doing just what we want. Yeah. So, but I wasn't sure because there's so many things I know, like, some of the clematis you have to cut back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With, the, with these, the only time really that you need to cut them back is after mm, four or five years. You'll see that the bottom, particularly if it has any shade on the bottom of the vine, will become very bare. It won't have any leaves, flowers, nothing on it. And then's the time that you might consider cutting back, or if it has multiple shoots, cutting back some of the multiple shoots at the bottom so one or two of them can re-sprout and make greenery at the bottom of the vine. So it does look sort of naked after five or six years. Okay. That's good. That's that'll help me. And just very quickly, earlier you had a gentleman on the phone asking you about uh, grass. Yeah. And you said, um, you know, you talked about a pre-emergent. When we get pre-emergent, will it say the word pre-emergent on the bag? Many times it says weed preventer or something of that nature too. So pre-emergent, sort of my general word for any chemical that keeps the seeds from germinating and sprouting in, a, in, a, in an area, in a lawn or a vegetable garden. But it'll say weed preventer or something like that, weed killer or something of that nature. Okay. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks for calling, Jan. Bye-bye. It's time for Harold in Dallas, Georgia, to join us. Say, hey, Harold, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help, Harold? <laughs> I didn't get a chance to prune my azaleas back at the end of blooming time. Yeah. And I'm curious whether or not I can prune them back now or wait a little bit and still prune them. Mm, if you prune them now, you're taking off all the flowers. All the flower buds are right at the tips of the branches. They're ready to burst open in spring when April rolls around. And if you prune them now, you won't have any flowers. Well, I better if that's not what prune you, them. If, if that's what you want to do, that's all right with me. It's not going to hurt the azalea. It won't hurt no, its feelings or anything. No, I don't, but, don't want to cut away the flowers. Yeah, so wait till right after they finish blooming you sort of alluded that you knew that originally but you hadn't got around to it and honestly there's sometimes Harold on big overgrown azaleas that the better time to do the real severe pruning on a plant is usually when they're not undergoing much stress in the winter time so if it was real overgrown a you know eight foot tall azalea that really needs to be around four feet tall then the uh, time to prune it severely would be around right now and just sacrifice the flowers for the next year because it doesn't really need to be put on all the stress of flowering at a time it's also trying to recover from your pruning. So if that were the case, I could see a situation where you do some severe pruning on an azalea and do it now, but again, you sacrifice flowers for the next year. Uh, these are just kind of leggy and tall. They're not that yeah. tall. And, uh, yeah, you pay your money. It takes your choice. You get, to, you get to decide what you're going to do with them, but... Uh, if you're going to prune right now, if you go out and look, just for the education of it, you ought to do this. Go out and look at the tips of the branches and all those azaleas you have. You see a little tight bud right in the middle of those leaves at the tip of each branch, and that is your flower bud. All righty. I appreciate the information. Hey, Harold. Thank it's great, great talking to you. Thanks for calling. Don't forget, tomorrow is the Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, where you find all sorts of regional, national, local news covered. They're doing a great job covering the Georgia legislature right now and exposing all sorts of interesting information about the Atlanta bribery scandal. That's your Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution, available every Sunday. 
at, uh, I would say garden centers, probably not garden centers, but grocery stores, more likely racetracks and other service stations around the area as well. It's 747 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. If I had a million dollars. Yeah, if I had a million dollars. I'd let somebody else do my garden for me. That's what I would do. I'd buy you a house too. Well, that's what we would do. Quick weather update from Ackerman Security this morning. Uh, high today around 49 degrees, low 37 overnight. Rain coming in Sunday morning. High today, high tomorrow will be 50 degrees, low 32. Maybe a little bit of sleet and ice in the northeastern part, or northwestern, I should say, the corner of Georgia, but not much for here in metro Atlanta at all. Just the rain. Keep in mind the rain will be coming in tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Brian is out in Stockbridge and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Brian, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. How you doing? All right, man. How can I help? <clears throat> hey, listen, I got, a, I got a bunch of erosion in my yard, and I've had it quoted out for bringing in dirt. Yeah. And uh, everybody wants to, uh, everybody, or all the landscapers, they want to bring in, uh, you know, topsoil, and then they want to sod it. And I would really like to just have it... Um, you know, seeded. Yeah, and I was wondering what your thoughts were, and when I should. When is the best time to do that? How will you prevent the rain from eroding all that seed that you plant down to the bottom of the hill? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> that's that's, that's what the landscapers are thinking. We'd rather put sod permanent sod in there if it's not too steep, then put the seed in, and we have the risk of all those little rivulets of water rush, rushing the seed down to the bottom. So I see right. the point of the landscapers of why size would be more important. And I see your point that size is going to cost an arm and a leg. You see, it's not an arm and a leg. So and, Yeah, I've got, I'm on about an acre. Ooh. And, and you're right. It is, it, it's on a slope, and it slopes back to a lake. So I, maybe mm. size is the way to go. Yeah, you know, if um, you can think of some way rain, to... Con- it'll, 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 it'll seed the lake, right? Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of grass going right there around the edge of the lake. If you could think of some way to control the... Water at the top of the hill, maybe you can figure a way to seed it, and certainly would save a lot of money with an acre to cover. But you need to think long and hard about what happens if a hard rain comes. You have plenty of chances for hard rain in February and March and April, too. And if you're seeding, fescue is about the only thing you can seed right now. It doesn't root very quickly because the soil is so cold. And so you really don't have anything growing to speak of until mid-April, I guess. If it's fescue, if it's sod, then it roots in and begins growing, greening up sometime around the 1st of May. So you pay your money or don't pay your money. It takes your choice, Brian. That's that's your options here. Okay, yeah, that, that was my next question. What... <clears throat> um, if I did see, if I if I take the risk and and do seed, what yeah. what would be the ideal seed? What would what would take hold the quickest? I guess uh, fescue for the time being would green up, would root and germinate right now. Bermuda would take hold and really hold the ground better. But one of the options, have you discovered or, or interviewed anybody that's a hydro seeding person yet? 
You know no, what I have not. I have not. Oh, they, Brian. Actually, Brian, we have another option here we need to think about. Hydro-seeding is when they mix up seed and a mulch material that sort of glues it together and a big machine that blows it out over a hillside or an area that's larger than just a normal, normal lawn. And hydro-seeding might be the way you could use to prevent erosion because it masks together the hydro-seed uh, cellulose material that the seed is mixed in. is um, a very matty material. And if it's if the slope is not too bad, then hydro-seeding sometimes can do very nicely. So that's something I would investigate. Find two or three hydro-seeding places and ask them for their recommendations and whether or not your slope is too too big for hydro-seeding or not. Okay, that, yeah, I, I didn't think of that. That's a, that sounds good. Hydro-seeding. So again, look in the, I would say look in the yellow pages, but we don't have yellow pages anymore. Look in the Google now and find out whether some hydro-seeder will come out and think you can solve your problems with that. It's 7.58 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden as well as Mary. Let me get my Mary straight out here. As well as Mary Wayne Dixon and Mary Catherine Green from the new flower show here in Atlanta. We'll talk to them as well as Michael Schaffenhorst at 8 o'clock. We'll be back right after news. There 